You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. It's that time again. Welcome back to the Game Garage, where we play a tabletop role-playing game while I'm inside my garage. This week, again, we are playing the incredible Time Watch by Kevin Culp from Pelgrane Press. Kevin, thank you for writing this incredible game. And with me, as I had last time, I have three amazing players. Paula Deming, Mary Lou, and the Glass Cannon's own Joe O'Brien. What's up, guys? (laughs) What's up? Jared. Uh, also, Hi, Jared. I'd like to say thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Thank We're you, having a lot of fun Kevin. playing your game. Yeah, uh, he's a talented man, Kevin Culp, and it's a great game. Uh, you can go ahead uh, to the Pelgrim website. You can put in a code where you buy the book there on the website. You can put in Glass Cannon. You can get ten percent off Time Watch merchandise. So please go and do that, especially if you enjoy what you you are about to see here, what you saw here last week. Speaking of last week. It was the Cuban. It's a, it's a it's a time travel game. You're agents of a time police unit. You were sent back to the Cuban Missile Crisis and thrown on board a, a Soviet submarine. And I had this incredible um, scenario planned. It's actually from a published scenario by Kevin. I, I, I presented this scenario, and then Paula told us, "Oh, I know about all of this." <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, oh, I know this. I know this story. How do you keep the adventure from the players when it's part of historical record? That's the. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you do. Is the answer? Well, I yeah. was sitting there like, okay, what does Paula know versus what does Dakota know? Paula might know more than Dakota, but then I was like, but Dakota is trained. Dakota probably actually knows more than Paula. Uh, that's mm. right. That's absolutely true. Yeah, and so. wait, wait, but Paula knows because uh, now I'm just talking about everybody in the third person, but Paula knows. <laughs> Paula be- knows. Paula knows. <laughs> because you have a podcast. You have a yeah, historical so podcast? I have a podcast. Well, sort of. It's called Death by Monsters. It's all about monsters, mysteries, and the unknown. And so we talk about cryptids and hauntings mm. and weird historical mysteries. So sometimes we do episodes that are more history based. And very recently, we actually did an episode about uh, Vasily Arkhipov and how he's what? the man who saved the world. And so no, I what's learned the mystery all about Why is this. he a cryptid? Well, <laughs> did he did he say he might have been Bigfoot? <laughs> That's where he went. <laughs> very hard to get photos of him. He's actually a very good looking man, I think. But. <laughs> Or at least the guy who played him in the reenactment video I watched was very good looking. (laughs) Uh, So for a long time, people didn't actually know this happened because he didn't talk about it. Yeah. Because when they returned from Russia after having not fired this nuclear missile. When they they returned from Cuba to Russia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To the Soviet Union. Yeah. They were they were kind of shamed for it. Um, and so he didn't talk about it. And then it was like, I think a few years after his death, like very recently at all, the whole story came out. Um, but yeah, he was uh, in charge of like this fleet fleet. I think it was like three submarines uh, that were sent out. And it was one of those things where it's like you aren't even getting your mission until you're in the you're like. Right. You, to a you, certain open, location. Your, you open your yeah. orders 
underwater. Yeah, I mean, you see like what it is. Already, yeah. And don't call us, we'll call you. So they're like stuck in this situation, not allowed to like reach out and find out what's going on. And they've basically, they're running out of power, which is why our submarine is so hot when we arrived there because they like have no, like everything is too hot and they've been under the water for all this time. They need to surface to recharge their like generator or whatever. But if they surface, they're going to get, they surface, they get spotted, they go back down. And the Americans, if I'm remembering correctly, are like shooting little pulses at them to tell depth, them to depth charges yeah to rise uh but the signal that americans use to hey surface is not the same as the signal that the russians use the russians don't know what's going on and they don't know if they're being attacked or what oh. they're all like, we should fire we should fire and vasily arkhipov who was on i'm nerding out now just you should listen to the episode because it's better than what i'm telling you but he was on the K-19 Widowmaker. I don't know if you're familiar with this at all. I believe Harrison Ford was in a movie of it. but I'm not familiar, but it sounds scary. It is. So <laughs> well, it like it's a- definitely the worst movie title of all time. K-19 <laughs> The Widowmaker. No spoilers in that title. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so it was a nuclear submarine that had uh, like a malfunction go down and some... People had to like go in and basically sacrifice themselves to fix like the nuclear reactor. Wait, this is a separate incident. This is a separate incident. This happened. He was earlier. also on that sub. Yes, and oh, I think this, this is why catch a break. he stopped this missile firing because he saw this horrible, the horrible uh, consequences of what happened on this nuclear submarine and knew yeah. what might happen if they fired these nuclear weapons. And I yeah. personally think that's why he was like, you know what? No, we're not doing this mess. And he told them no. He was the one in charge of all the submarines out on this mission. And he was like, no, we're not doing this. He's a hero. He literally saved the world. Except in in our history, it's actually Imogene Dupree who saved the world. (laughs) (laughs) No problem, folks. Just doing my job. (laughs) No thanks necessary. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, because anyway, Vasily Arkhipov really had been replaced. He'd been replaced by a shape shifting bug, insect question mark like of some it. sort. Just, it's just amazing, Jared. I think that you your problem here is putting when you put the cast together, you just have to make sure you fill it with real dumb people that don't know anything <laughs> about history. Right. But Paula comes in, is just like wham, like has was, the whole just, thing. Oh, man, that's incredible. I felt really smart. Uh, yeah, I never heard that yeah. story. That's an incredible it's story. I love that story. Look, and, uh, I can yeah. improvise. During this little mini campaign we're playing, if Paula just instantly knows the answer to the entire scenario and wants to jump straight to that, no problem. We can just wrap one up in about a half an hour and then move on to the next adventure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't Actually, know. Actually, why not? Uh, <laughs> you know? He, uh, I, you know, he's he's been taken over by a bug. I can't, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen now? That's right. True. Yeah. I mean, you're right. History has been altered. And that's what Time Watch sets out to correct in all of their adventures. They try to go back, find out how history has been illegally changed and change it back to the true history, the way it should be. Are you guys ready to play? Should we should we jump in? Let's I'm do so it. Ready. Yeah. Let's so do ready. this. I didn't so, want to stop last week. I was like, I know, no, I know right? I know. I'm about to fight this thing. Come on. I'm about uh, to possibly die. Well, How I have stop? good news for you. You're about to fight a strange giant insect in a supply closet. When we last left our heroes, uh, they had... Uh, Clocked in, that's what they call when they time travel to a location. They clocked in to the B-59 submarine off the coast of Cuba. 
they determined that Vasily Arkhipov, the man we'd just been talking about with Paula, uh, had been replaced or was somehow acting oddly because in this new timeline, he was advocating for a nuclear strike. They very cleverly, or maybe somewhat accidentally, got the three commanders to leave the room by shutting down the communications equipment on the bridge. Mm, What was was accidental about that? That was all clever. That was 100% clever. I don't think that you knew it would make them leave the bridge, but... um, That's true. It very conveniently made them leave the bridge. We thought it would make them go... Ah, I guess we can't fire the nukes and then just go home. <laughs> and then just stop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's Which exactly what you great. thought. I knew that's what you thought, but it turns out it was even more clever than that. You were smarter than you were. Um, so, so the uh, the three commanders left the bridge to go to the weapons room to deliver the order uh, verbally, and when they did that. You were very, very quick, very stealthy, and you were able to use Imogene Dupree's disguise uh, expertise. Imogene Dupree has a disguise of eight, and she was able to hack her impersonator match to look exactly like Arkhipov, while Dakota, played by Paula, and uh, Captain Pate, played by Joe, were able to grab the imposter Arkhipov, this Arkhipov that was already there, and drag him into a supply closet. Imogene, in a moment of incredible oratory excellence. (laughs) (laughs) This is something, I'm sorry, I could not get out of my head after last week's session. I kept just hearing Imogene in this in the 1920s Brooklyn accent <laughs> talking to this room filled with Soviet soldiers <laughs> and just telling them like y- 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 any of the reasons that they can't do this and them all just being like wow like you're 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 right on and I just love the translator thing that like it makes it sound like that to them but to me I hear this uh, flapper girl talking to them all and talking them down it was amazing I I realized I realized later that um my like favorite line that I said that I was so proud of myself for where I said dying is easy living is harder yeah. That's just a line from Hamilton. <laughs> I was like, why does that sound so familiar? But anyway. Yeah. But she's a time traveler, so she learned it from the actual Alexander Hamilton. There you go. Exactly. So uh, Imogene managed to convince the captain, uh, Captain Valentin Savitsky, to stand down, to not fire the weapon. And while she was doing that, Dakota and Captain Pate secured the imposter in the supply closet. But that's when he started transforming. A piece of his face falls off and a huge clacking mandible breaks free. Suddenly, his forehead bulges and two huge antenna burst forth. He's growing and ripping out of the skin suit as you watch. That's where we're going to begin today. And uh, so you're in a dark supply closet. You don't have really good visibility. Um, you're in a very cramped quarters. And this thing is suddenly becoming big. Like the shelves, everything's getting knocked off the shelves. Um, canisters of like oxygen are getting knocked over. Uh, and it's it's already up against you, Dakota and uh, Captain Pate. Like you feel limbs reaching out and grabbing at you already. We are going to do something called Popcorn Initiative. That's how Initiative works in Time Watch. That means I'm going to choose one of you to be the first person to go in the initiative order. Then you are going to choose who goes next. 
if you uh, only choose people on your own side and you let the enemy wait till the very end, that means the enemy gets to choose who goes first in the next round, and they may get to act twice. Does that make uh, sense? It does yeah, make sense. interesting. Yes. Well, uh, how come you get to choose who starts it? Well, uh, that's just kind of how it works, and uh, okay. uh, generally the. Uh, the but I'm sorry. The, my question really is: you're not representing the the wants of the enemy in that choice. Like you're not representing. No, no, the, I won't. Okay. I won't ever go. It's the enemy first. I'm always okay, supposed gotcha, to choose gotcha. that the players go first, unless they're unless they're surprised. I'm not going to call you surprised in this case because you kind of had him captured. You kind of shoved him in there, and then he started transforming slowly. So you've had a moment to react to what's going on, and so I will say that Captain Pate may go first, and then after Captain Pate has acted, he may... Uh, well, actually, the first thing you do, Captain Pate, is you say who's going to go next, and then you uh, state your action, which can include a movement, okay? So it's uh, not only can you do something, you can move, of course. Um, so, Captain Pate, who will go next after you? Will it be uh, the cockroach or Dakota? I'll say the cockroach will go next. Okay, very we'll good. We'll just try this out. Uh, okay. Not give it any control. Let let us keep the control, uh, but still let it go. I mean, it's it's really it's on me right now. I'm holding it, so I feel like if it's going to hurt anybody, it's going to hurt me and not Dakota. So I'm fine with it going next. Now I don't really know what to do in terms of move. I think that what his natural inclination is to just like, uh, okay, let me ask you this: Does Captain Pate know what this thing is? Like, has he seen these creatures before in his experience of uh, being a time cop? Are um, they okay. frequent uh, um, <clears throat> criminals of the timeline? What time What ability is he using? Uh, experience. No, I don't know. <laughs> God damn it. Um, <laughs> do you have authority? Uh, I do have authority. I have good authority. I have it on good authority. That I should know the answer to this. Uh, I could be research. Research. Does he research his enemies? Is that what research does in this game? Um, I think that uh, I think that that probably wouldn't tell him what this thing is. I think Captain Pate has no idea. If Time Watch knows, they haven't told Captain Pate. So okay. uh, yeah, you do not have uh, a clue. Okay, so then he's going to go with pure uh, gut instinct, which is uh, fight for survival. So he's going to try to rip uh, one of its arms right off of it, basically. So he's in like a grapple right now. So he's going to try to you know tear at the creature's joints as much okay, as possible. Okay, very good. Okay, um, go ahead and make a scuffling test and tell me how many points you're spending from your scuffling. Uh, I'm not sure how this all works yet. Uh, in that's the grand okay, scheme. I can explain. No, 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 that's okay. I, I mean, I know the mechanics. I'm saying, like, I need to play the game to understand a little bit better when to spend points and when not to. So right now, I'm going to spend none. I'm just going to roll it. Okay. And let's see what happens. I mean, okay. if we so, all die before you spent any of your points, then well, I guess that's possibly, a lesson we'll but all I, I, did, I did already spend two of my scuffling <laughs> to get him in here and give yeah. Imogene sure. the chance to impersonate I'm him. So you. I'm already, right. I've used a third of my uh, total stock for the whole mission. So uh, let, I'm going to try to just time, roll yeah, here. We have time, I think, to if we need to buff something else in this situation with points, I feel like we have time to do it. I, I support Dakota has a gun. So. That's right. right. <laughs> and the other thing is, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting that you, I can rest and get this back, not the whole mission. Right. right. So this so is some no, of your, the whole mission. Some of your general abilities refresh after 24 hours of rest. You can also spend a stitch at any time to regenerate two points 
to a uh, general ability. Right. Oh, and we gave Imogene a stitch for the plagiarized speech from Hamilton. Yes. Yes, we did. Yes. Uh, We give stitches around here for plagiarism. Uh, All right, I'm rolling. I rolled a four. (gasps) A four is a success. Nice! You just rip his arm off? Well, I don't. It, it was for flavor, Jared. You say I'd say what he's trying to do. You, uh, I guess, you could say what it does in terms of the damage. Um, yeah, you're gonna roll a d6, and since you're just using the kind of a hand to hand thing, I'm gonna mm-hmm. say I'm gonna rule negative one. So d6 okay. minus one. Okay, d6 minus one oh, damage. Good. I rolled a four again, so three points. So you did of three damage. points of damage. Nice. Um, he feels something like crunch in the joint where the, one of these creatures' arms are. Yeah, and uh, a little bit of a uh, weird kind of bile fluid kind of oozes like out an onto Captain Pate. And, and Icor an oozes I-Core. onto uh, Captain Pate's hands as he does this. Uh, the thing, though, has now fully uh, gotten rid of its human skin, and, it's, and, it, and it lumbers before you, but it's too dark in here to fully see it. Maybe there's a little light overhead that's swinging, because that's yes. appropriately dramatic. Uh, there definitely and is that. You can see that, that what you're looking cinematic. at is definitely a gigantic cockroach uh, it is its turn correct correct uh, and it turns its full ire toward Captain Pate and knows that it must deal with him first and so it attacks Captain Pate with its horrible clacking claws I'm sorry hideous clacking pincers is what we're calling it okay um, and uh, I know how much it's spending Oh, 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 I no. know how much it's spending. Your hit thresh- threshold is uh, a f- three, right? Well, it only rolled a one, but it spent three to attack. Oh, you. you wanted to guarantee it on the old Captain oh. Pete. All right. Yes, and so um, it does damage, but it is not a human with little fleshy hands. It has hideous clacking pincers, so it's oh. going to roll damage plus two. <gasps> oh no. It just did four damage to uh, oh. Captain Pate. Sorry, question. Pool. Yes. Is there a health pool, or is it just current health and, and max health? It is just current health and uh, max health. So you, you never spend health points to do anything, You do right? sometimes spend health points. For example, if I had a creature trying to stun you, and you didn't want to go unconscious, you might spend health points when you roll to resist stun. Ah, okay. But... It is. Those are also points that count toward whether you go down or not, right? Like okay. they are also your current and max health. So, Captain Pate, you are now down to six health, oh, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Oh, that's almost half his health in one shot. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it is, I imagine it's just like tears at his shoulder, uh, and yeah, you just see blood start seeping through this thick black heavy coat that he wears. Yes, and it, actually it's chittering, um, but it, through the chittering, its face gets right up against yours, and the little mandibles are all clacking together, oh. and you hear like, We meet again, Captain Pate! What? We meet again? Uh, and then that is when it is uh, Dakota's... Uh, well, I'm sorry, I should have had the uh, the insect state who was next, but it was... There's only but one option. Next it is Dakota's Dakota. turn. <laughs> Could I hear uh, this statement that the cockroach just made to Captain Pate, or is that quiet enough that it was just to Captain Pate? I think you could hear it. Okay. How tall is 
Like, are shelves at all above? Is there anything above the cockroach, or is it so tall that there's nothing that, say, could fall off of a shelf onto the cockroach and, like, say, knock it unconscious or something? I would love to help you out there, but I would say you're in a submarine, so it's not really that... You know, there aren't high ceilings here. It's filling, like, the whole space. This thing is a little bit... It's a little bit cramped in here, um, this creature. Um, It's having trouble moving around a little bit. Um, The only reason it was able to get a straight-on shot on Captain Pate is because he had a hole of it. All right, I want to take my pacifist disruptor and just attempt to stun it because I think this creature is worth talking to, but we've got to incapacitate it first. So uh, I, I rather than... D- I start to go for my, uh, my, 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 my revolver and, uh, and then go, I hear that, and I go... No, there's something more we want to find out. So I pull out my my pacifist uh, disruptor, and if I can, because we're real close, I mean, we need to be close range. I want to stick it, like, right on the back of its head and just boom. Okay, uh, great. You climb up onto the back of it, you put the pacifist disruptor right to the side of its head, and yes! you, oh, you unleash yes! the pulse. Yeah. Um, let's see if this thing... Um, you know what? Get uh, I... I go, yeah. I'm going to make you... I'm going to make you make the shooting attack, but okay. I'm going to give you, because of this close range, I'm going to give you an automatic plus two to your shooting attack because of how you've described it, right? You've also awesome. gotten, you've also taken a risk. You've gotten within its its reach and within its, you know, realm of where it could hurt you. So mm-hmm. um, go ahead and roll and you can add points to that if you wish with your shooting. Just to, I need, I want this to work. I'm just going to, I'm going to add one point of my okay. shooting. Uh, I also have double tap, but I don't know that that really comes into play here. So I'll spend a point with my shooting. Okay, great. So I rolled a five plus two plus one for my point. So that's like eight. I think eight. it. Works. So it, it didn't. It didn't buck too hard. I mean, you're you're used to a bronco like this. This boy. Yeah. Uh, so it's like bucking, and you're hanging onto the back. Of I know it. just how to like hold on with like squeezing my knees in just the right spot to right. hold on to this thing. Um, and so um, it now has to resist stun. Um, now it does not have normal human physiology. So let's see how this goes. Come on! It succeeds in resisting stun. <gasps> no! Oh. Way. By, the, by the way, Dakota, you've never seen anything take a pacifist disruptor to the head and keep going. Okay. And all this thing does is go. <laughs> um, and what now, the hell? Uh, Dakota, who goes next? Uh. Uh, and by I the way, it's a new round, so it could be you. Oh. Oh no! Well, now I, should it be me again? I, I, no, I think I'm. I'm so surprised. I cannot. I cannot act immediately. I, I'm going. What the hell? Why didn't this work? Captain Pate, do something. So I'm going to say Captain Pate goes. All right. He looks right into the mouth of this thing, and he and it says, uh, "We meet again, Captain Pate." He's just like, who? Are you? And he is going to reach and get his. Um, he's going to get his stun because uh, he has the same instinct, and he doesn't know right away that this creature might be immune to it. He's thinking that um, that uh, you know Dakota, you know it, it may have been a miss or something like that in the in the hecticness of the battle. So could he grab this off of his hip while he's like all tangled up with this guy and just kind of jam it into its yeah, like, thorax it. and pull the trigger? Yeah, I'll allow it. Absolutely. Okay. 
then he's going to just try a stunt. We'll see if it does anything. He still um, needs to make a shooting roll. Um, I will give him roll. the same plus two for point blank. Okay. Shooting plus two. Uh, I am... I really... Uh, I will spend a point here. Uh, here we go. Uh, four. So that's seven. Yeah. Seven is a hit. Uh, okay. Now he will try to resist stun this creature. Um, so the pulse comes out of your weapon right into its thorax. Whoa! Like there's like this thudding, like sort of wave that uh, emanates from your gun. And uh, let's see. Wait. Um, oh my god! <gasps> this time he is not able to resist. Oh and so um, it, it's sort of like. <laughs> And then kind of like goes limp on top of Captain Pate. And it's very heavy, Captain Pate. It's like at least 300 and some pounds. So Whoa. now this thing is like on top of you and it's gone completely limp. And it's an enormous cockroach. Like just Ugh. kind of its carapace is just kind of sitting on top of you, dripping Icor. And uh, what do you do? This is definitely uh, deviant to the timeline. It should not be seen. Right by anybody aboard the sub, um, and you know what? While while you're thinking about what you do next, I'm going to uh, allow our friend Imogene Dupree to go if uh, if she would like. Imogene, you are unaware of this scuffle because yeah. it happened in a closet in another part of the sub, and there's very loud things happening in the sub. Uh, the mm-hmm. sub is very busy right now. So you are unaware of this uh, attack. So just kind of let me know how you would wrap up or how you would, because you know, as far as you know, mission accomplished. So what do yeah. you do? Um. So I'm with I'm with all the officers, mm-hmm. uh, with the captain and with the political officer, um, and we've we've successfully you know calmed everything down. And I'm gonna say, I think it's time that we take the risk and surface. And get our recharge our power and get some more oxygen, right? Things are running hot. Let's cool it off. Um, Savitsky says, but these are not our orders. Are you? There are orders. I hear you when I say today is not the day to die, but our orders are not to surface. Today is not the day to die. Today is the day to live. And we don't have air, and it's hot, and our men are suffering, and it's time to see the light. Um, normally, your investigative abilities give you a clue. A spend from one of them can get people to do things if you use an oh, interpersonal yeah. ability. Um, I already used my reassur- reassurance. I'm going to use... Hmm, charm? Yeah, I guess I'll use charm. Mm, I I'm think charm use... does not work in this case. Do you have anything else? Uh, I have taunt. Um, I have... <laughs> I bet you couldn't get it above the water. Yeah. <laughs> or... <laughs> you don't even know how to surface, Captain. <laughs> yeah, or, or streetwise. I don't know how streetwise, like... Um... I, 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 I take it back. If, you wanna, if, you're, if you're willing to spend an entire point from charm, I think that, you know, in a very friendly way, as a comrade, you can convince the captain I it's act- time I to retreat and idea. resurface. I have an idea. Tell me if, the, if this... I'm going to use streetwise. I want to spend a point in streetwise and say... Listen, it's Ivan, right? The political officer, Ivan. Look around. 
Our men are hot. They're sweating. They're stressed out. They've just looked death in the face. Have you ever seen a mutiny before? Because I have. And that's what you have on your hands. If you want these men to not stab you in the back, we need to rise to the surface and get some air. And of course, the uh, translator is tr- transforming it all into deep voiced Russian. Deep Russian. But I will say, uh, that was, I was going to say no to Streetwise until I heard that role play, and now I say yes. So it's <laughs> very low. You want these people to vote for you or not? They agree to. They agree to uh, break command and, and kind of get the sub out of the area and then resurface so that their men can survive and and they are thanks to you a little bit afraid of a mutiny. Imogene, please okay. subtract one point from your um, streetwise. It's gone. Um, and now uh, I will say uh, you are returning to the bridge with them so that they can mm-hmm. give those orders and start uh, preparations to uh, leave the area. And now I will ask uh, what uh, Captain Pate and Dakota have decided to do with this big bug. By the way, just so you know, you can travel with someone That's what I was using your you. autocron. You can piggyback on an autocron. That's your t- portable time machine, which looks kind of like a, a rod that you carry with mm-hmm. you. You basically you extend it. You enter date and time and space, and then you hold it like handlebars. And uh, then, as Imogene told us, the champagne bubbles start to float around you. The champagne bubbles that are time, the time stream, and you uh, and you enter the time that you've selected. So, um, what are you going to do, Captain Pate? Uh, well, I mean, this thing hits the floor. So his first reaction is he's bleeding. He's very hurt. He looks down at this thing. It's just like, bloody fucking hell. What is it, Dakota? Ever seen anything like this before? Well, I, I sure have. And man, I tried to stun it and it did not work. Here, let's roll it off of you. And I'll hop down off of it and try and like push from one side and be like, push from underneath and see if we can like roll it over. I'll scan it with my uh, with my tether. He's bracing his back against the steel wall just trying to like, push this thing, roll it. It's like having an NFL defensive lineman on top of you. Unconscious. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, Dakota just said she's scanning it with her tether. You still have to kind of put in some sort of uh, parameters for what you're kind of searching or analyzing. So what uh, skill are you using, Dakota, to figure out to, something about this by scanning it with your tether? Uh, hmm. Well, I feel like it could justify a few things. It could be science, or I suppose it could be some sort of medical expertise. But I, that's a little more of a stretch. So I think maybe my science... Which I have to say that way because it has an exclamation point officially afterwards. Um, I'll allow that. Science. I think that I think that these uh, these creatures are sufficiently sciency to I look uh, it and I, like in my thing. I can type in like like keywords like I'm searching in Google or something. And I'm like, okay, number of legs and uh, type mandibles and, and approximate height and weight and you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, you uh, you find like this uh, entry in the Time Watch records, the scientific records um, that has a full sort of anatomical schematic of this thing, and it's a uh, you know ar- arthropod A form A nineteen one seven. Basically, these creatures 
um, uh, have surfaced several times. Uh, they are all g- giant cockroach in, in kind of form and appearance, and they always try to increase the background radiation of the planet Earth in somehow. Time Watch um. theorists theorize, the, the scientists theorize that they come from an alternate timeline where an, a nuclear a nuclear annihilation, nuclear apocalypse eventually led to their evolution. Oh, cool. Are they trying to make more? I think these things might be trying to turn our cockroaches into them. If oh, they increase so the radiation cool. in our timeline, our cockroaches are going to turn into these buggers. Uh, yeah, they'd survive too, wouldn't they? Of course they would. They'd evolve they into this. Everything. Oh, I think we need to get it out of here before anything sees it. And Captain yeah, you want to tag it? Captain Pate, I think you're probably having memories of like being on a ship in the 1840s and how weevils with like little bugs would infest all of the grain and all of the biscuits on board and even in like freezing temperatures when the men were dying the tiny little bugs would still survive inside of the food yep exactly um so yes uh what do you want to do because um you're you're pretty sure that the the sub hasn't fired a nuclear weapon so that's good yeah Ah, death is their breeding ground. We have to get it out of here. Maybe I'll take it with me. You, collect Imogene. I'll get her. Let's meet where there's dinosaurs, because that would be cool. Uh-huh. No, uh, okay. uh, so, what would we normally do? Is there like yeah. a jail that we can like teleport immediately to in like the Citadel or something? You have some. You have some. You have some options. Well, first of all, um, you could go back to the Citadel now. The Citadel is your headquarters. What takes place uh, or ex- exists rather before the Big Bang. <laughs> um, it, it exists in a space before the universe was created, uh, and uh, the theory is that. Um, as the Citadel, the headquarters of Time Watch, um, accumulates paradox energy, when it finally accumulates too much, the Big Bang will go off. But mm. so far, that hasn't mm. happened. Uh, the Citadel, we will learn more about. You, I mean, I think that's a great idea. Are there coordinates for a cell inside of the Citadel? There absolutely are. I will also tell you that mission protocol states that after you think you have completed the mission, you're supposed to jump a little ways into the future and confirm that your okay. your actions were a success. You could do that after you visited the Citadel if you'd like. Yeah, so how about I say, I'll take him, drop him off, and meet you back here. All right, I'll, And then I'll, we can jump Imogene into the future and make here. sure that there's no nuclear strike. Ah, Captain. <laughs> Ah, Captain. I love it. Um, <laughs> your unobtrusiveness mesh, Dakota, will help you uh, retrieve Imogene without a problem. I do need a time travel test. and I'll, uh, Oh, I don't. Not from Captain No, Pate. you don't, buddy. That's why I was saying, I'll just jump, jump. Yeah. But now, but I'm about to use them up. I'm about to use all these freebies up. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do you a favor. I'm going to only count that as one test. Uh, I'm not going to okay. make you test to go and test to come back. That's... That seems, uh, you know, excessive. So you um, you jump into uh, the Citadel, um, and uh, for some reason, uh, this often happens at Time Watch. People are ready to receive you. There's all these guys in hazmat suits who are in this like cell that's got like energy bars, and they all have like all of these like you know different uh, 
tools ready to dissect this thing or like uh, you know analyze him uh, and uh, they see you and they give you a salute uh, and they get ready to close up. in on him yeah and they're gonna he lock to him up questioned knew me somehow said he'd seen me before I don't even know if it's a he I said he by default uh, he's going to <laughs> I don't uh, know it's pronouns I don't know it's pronouns <laughs> he's going to uh, oh my god this is amazing because I picture like straight out of I picture like a bounty, like a bounty hunter, right? Like in like 1980s LAPD, like all beat up, like bringing a guy in and just be like, lock him up. And then where's my pay? You know, like that kind of thing. Uh, And then he's just going to jump right back. Great. So I'm going to go ahead and rule that the three of you are in the corridor of the submarine and uh, your unobtrusiveness mesh uh, has been damaged slightly. Captain Pate, I'm going to say by uh, just for flavor's sake, by being thrashed by this thing. Yeah. So um, so Dakota and Imogene, you kind of have to like cover for him as sailors run down the hallway of the sub. But the sub is now set new coordinates to get out of the, you know, the the, the zone of these uh, American warships. Where do you want to go now? What do you want to do now? So I still look like Vasily, right? Like I'm still in. Yeah, yeah. Um, your disguise is still intact, if you'd like. Yeah, I told the officers I had to tinkle, um, and so I went. In, I went to the head, and it, and it came out in in Russian. Um, my translator translated that uh, perfectly um, to something manly and awesome. Um, but I'm I'm still as I'm still with as Vasily. Uh, so I can I can use that my authority if um, if we get in trouble. Well, yeah. Um, the, can the three of us talk? Like, are we in a place where the three of you us certainly can talk? can talk? And I'll just reiterate that protocol states you jump forward to make sure it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my only thought mm-hmm. is where is Vasily? I was also wondering this. If is we he jump. knocked out somewhere? Has he been eaten by this bug? I didn't see him. Did he look like he? He had had lunch. Do you know, Dakota, these creatures, do they kill the human before taking its skin, or is it merely a a created disguise? Well, that's a fine question. Uh, Let me pull up my uh, my search that I did and see if it says anything. Go back to the search I had done previously. It does does Mm. say something. It says that in previous encounters, they wrap their victims in a paralytic mucus. Yeah, of course they do. Cocooning them. Yeah. And that is when they are able to achieve the psychic connection that allows them to take their form. Mm. All right. So the thing is, so he is somewhere wrapped up in a cocoon, a psychic mucus. Uh, And the thing is, is we don't know, though, when this bug took control of him. So I say we jump forward, see if what we did here worked. And then I think that we need to figure out we need to question it. Where? Figure out where we, he's going. Yeah, where we that jump forward, But we, if we jump forward and in that time, some sailors have discovered this mucus cocoon, we're going to create a whole new paradox. I think we got to find him right now. Well, what if he's not even on this submarine? We don't know when this bug took took over. Oh, Might have been before point. he even got on the mission. I mean, I'm not saying it's, a, was, it's, a, not a, it's a good idea. We should make sure probably. That he's I was not just thinking that somewhere. we would check his bedroom. I don't know. Well, suddenly oh, you hear. I'm gonna. I'm gonna solve this for you. Suddenly you hear a sailor go, uh, c- c- Commander Arkhipov, uh, what are you doing in here? Uh, and the reason you hear this is because the supply closet right across from you, a sailor has entered <laughs> it, 
and has found uh, an Arkhipov who is like pulling strands of something off of himself. Oh, oh brother. All right. Well, I guess that answers that and we don't have to. Cool. So should we go? Because I think they're going to start to wonder why there's two of you. Well, I feel like we have to stun both of them and take them back for reconditioning. They've already seen too much. Uh, You have something in your... um, They need to be mem... What's it called? Mem... Mem tags. Mem tags. Yeah, but you have to knock them out in order to do that. All right. um, I'll get me, and you get the other guy. So as they exit the the supply closet, you guys are standing there waiting for them. We're we're waiting for them. They just like... Sorry, this is for your own benefit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stun gun to yeah. the mouth. I'm gonna yeah. forego. I'm gonna forego the 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 rolls to attack and 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 a whole combat with people that you just want to knock out and mem tag. Um, nice. You attach the mem tags to them, and uh, as you're watching, they uh, start to shimmer out of this timeline, uh, and then they appear exactly the same, like they shimmer and then come back immedi- immediately, and the mem tags are gone. Wow. I, I want to look at Vasily and I want to say, oh, I'm very handsome. <laughs> uh, or at least the guy that played me in the reenactment is. Or at least the guy that played me in the reenactment. I'm very handsome. Um, so, uh, so, sorry, real is, quick, Paula. That what is was done that? and you've been thorough. Sorry, go ahead. What was that reenactment? What, what are you talking about? Was that oh, something was that was like, re- relatively know, like recent or like a long time? History channel type, okay. discovery channel type. Uh, like something from the last here's 20 the years. the story of the man who saved the world. You know, and then they do the reenactments. Okay. Uh, cool. I, you guys yeah, can't so see it, but Paula on her wall there has a calendar called Hunks of the Discovery Channel. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And he's Mr. March. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing with, like, I feel like sometimes with actors, like, like uh, okay, a Discovery Channel reenactment doesn't have the budget to get, like, you know, uh, a real high-level actor. So they end up with just sort of, like, basically fa- face-handsome people. Because <laughs> yeah. there's a whole strata of actor who are, like, I just am good looking. Is that? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you and you I'm work for scale. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't exactly. have to say any lines because it's usually just like no dialogue scenes while a narrator dramatically says what's happening. I'll That's send perfect for face it later. Face handsome people. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna need that for my notes for yeah, uh, research for, sure. for later. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, many extras are rushing back and forth in this sub, and the longer <laughs> you're here, the longer you're here, the more you yeah, right. uh, are let's, endanger yourselves. Let's. Zip into the future. future. Yeah. Uh, Where would you like to go? Um, This is really fun part of Time Watch. You can literally jump anywhere in the world at any time and year, uh, but Protocol says you you jump just a little bit into the future to make sure that your mission was successful. So you tell me, uh, somewhere in the United States? Yeah, I would say somewhere in the United States. I'd say Miami Miami in like two weeks. Because like... You basically, because then you'd be past the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? Like it was only two weeks ish, wasn't right, Paula? <laughs> oh, I don't remember that part. <laughs> uh, two, that weeks would, good to me. two weeks would it get you out of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Man, I forgot. Yeah, so let, let's do two weeks, and then we would know if they had de-escalated their their arms and and, and stuff like that. So, uh, all right, let's do it. 
Okay, so um, okay. you guys jump forward to Miami uh, two weeks from this September, date. So yeah, September 19th. You, you, this was October, so you're now in oh. November. Right, 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 right. Okay. Uh, and Sorry. it's Miami, so it's kind of a, a, a it's kind of a cold day for Miami, which means it's kind of in the high 50s, uh, mm-hmm. and you see palm trees all around you. You're right in the main drag of Miami in, in, in 1962, um, and uh, the first thing that greets your ears is the sound of an air raid horn. Oh, no. And people are rushing through the streets, screaming. People are smashing windows to loot uh, the things inside of the um, inside of the uh, businesses. Uh, everyone is panicking and screaming. Um, and uh, as you watch, a, um, a U.S. Army uh, convoy sort of pulls uh, on up up the street, and they're uh, you know motioning for people to get onto their convoy um and it looks like a nuclear attack is about to happen what yes yo what i did, thought we fixed this what did we miss i did such a good job you did do a good job thank you You're you were welcome. fantastic well, thank you what did we miss is this something else uh, well you could do some sort of uh research to find out what you I might have missed right <laughs> Can I run over to one of the uh, military types and uh, and go, uh, please, sir, uh, what's going on? I'm, I'm scared. Please tell me what's happening. Uh, very good. Um, yeah, you certainly can. And he's like, uh, uh, and he, by the way, this guy is like about your age. So he's like 16. Well, not 16. He's, he was, he's at least like 19 or 20. Right. But he's this like spindly kid in a U.S. Army uniform. And he's like, just get on board, miss. We'll take care of you. Uh, and he's like, hold on. I got to listen to this. And he turns up a radio uh, inside of the cab of his truck. And you hear president a uh, uh, presidential address. And you hear the voice of Richard Milhouse Nixon going, What? We will not uh, forget the names of those we lose today, and we will avenge them. I have given the order to retaliate against the (gasps) Soviet Union. We will launch our full nuclear arsenal. Uh, and uh, Nixon is uh, speaking, and uh, you can see that the kid is uh, hit with patriotic fervor, even though he's about to be annihilated by nuclear weapons. Did you choose this so that you could do a Nixon impression? Is that the whole yeah, inspiration so. behind doing this uh, one particular story? I am not a crook. I am a leader, and I will lead us into glorious... Yeah. Well, somebody. Go, Wait a minute. Yeah, Nixon's yeah. president. Somebody put him in there. He won the election. I wonder if he's a bug. I say this to the to the kid. I wonder if Nixon's a bug. It looks like a bug. Mm. Um, that guy is definitely a bug. Now I can go through the uh, the character formality, right? I have a point in history contemporary, which would yes. allow me to know that John F. Kennedy should be president, right? John F. Kennedy should be president in 1962. He was the one who handled. The Cuban Missile Crisis in this timeline, yeah. Nixon has bungled it, obviously, and uh, something terrible is about to happen to the United States. God. Okay, so so the bugs had a multi-pronged attack. They had a bug as Vasily, and clearly they have bugs elsewhere. We're gonna have to go full exterminator and get these bugs everywhere. They are sure. in this quickly. Timeline. Get on board, ma'am. Get on board. Come on, we're leaving. Sorry, we gotta go. 
Yeah, uh, thanks so much. Good luck with everything. Hopefully, you won't even have to be doing this if everything works out. Remember me, Dakota Blaze. <laughs> and I'll run over. And he just kind of looks confused and then gets it back into the cab of the truck and starts pulling away. Should um, we? With a bunch okay. of civilians in the back. Here's my thought. Maybe we can't do anything about this right now because it's about to go. It's about to go off. So do we travel back now a little bit and try and and stop Nixon from bungling this in the first place? I think we go back to the election. Somebody, somebody, uh, 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 you know, tampered with this election and we got to figure it out. So the real timeline happens. Yeah, I agree with you, Imogene. What do you think, Captain Pate? I agree. There is no reason to think that um, the only thing the only I'll do it in character. The only thing I'm thinking is who fired the nukes. Wait, did Russia never fire nukes, and now no. we're firing first? Is that what's happening? Uh, no, it looks like Russia. The reason there's an air raid going off is because nukes are headed toward you, and he says he's going to avenge. Avenged. Nixon says he's going to avenge the United States. So. I'm just wondering if our sub shot those uh, nukes. Oh, I see what you're it, saying. You know, yeah. if we miss something there. But in either case, you're right that the election could be a very important point. We could always come back to the ship if we need. To the vessel. Do we do we know where these... Um, can we ask where these missiles are coming from? Are they coming from the submarines or are they coming from, like, Russia? Can we um, hear on the news? Is there, like, can we go to a TV... Uh, is there, yeah, like, yeah, can we, is, street, is Walter Cronkite yeah. telling us where the um, missiles are being the shot TV from? The TV is just like, you know, the the uh, the, the picture of there's the Indian chief front. with the, yeah. There's the a TV. storefront with yeah. just TVs. Yeah, but yes. they're all just that weird kind of, like, off the air kind of image. Um, the radio, though, is still giving news, and you hear, uh, let's say, uh, I hope I have this historically right, Walter Cronkite reporting, and he's saying that uh, Russia uh, fired uh, first. Come on, where's your Cronkite impression? Get it? Come on. Oh, God. Russia has fired on. I can't. I'm going Howard Cosell. I'm going Howard Cosell. These people have fired on us. And, um, so. That's good. I appreciate the effort. Yeah. I did love um, that. Uh, a sad day for America, a sad day for the planet Earth. What shall become of all of us? May God have mercy on our souls. This is Walter Cronkite. Walter, tell us off. where the missiles, where are, the missiles from? are coming from. We just got the end of the broadcast. Damn it. Um, I will say that you did learn that Russia has fired first in this particular case, and right. they fired from the the problem with the Cuban Missile Crisis is that they were able to fire from Cuba. So the missiles yeah. are coming from Cuba, from installations right. in and around Cuba. Captain right. Pate, I'm glad you stopped. I think. Yeah. So okay. So maybe we don't need to go and figure out. Maybe this. Maybe Nixon just sucks. He's not a bug. He just sucks. So maybe we need to. Right, but we need to stop Russia from shooting to begin with. Again. Right, but, but why would Nixon be president in this timeline? Like somebody <sighs> missed questions. Well, it's possible that they fired because Nixon was president. So there is some value to this. Now he doesn't need to be a bug to be an agitator. They could have put the person they wanted in in that seat who set up to do exactly what they needed. Captain so let's Pate. go to this election. I like the idea. Your first in, instinct. Always in the original your first instinct. timeline, the correct timeline, what 
remind me. So, J- John F. Kennedy should be president now. He should be because president. Because Nixon got taken out of office because of scandal. Is that right? No, Remind no, no. me Nixon what no. comes Nixon in later. Ran, Nixon ran against JFK and, and lost. lost. Oh, Big in time. in re-election because of the scandal. And then well, Lyndon, maybe and then yeah, he, you don't uh, these are all theories, right? You should you, I mean, you should check it out. You should go. You should investigate. Well, we we're just talking about what the election. real timeline was, right? Was that he? Oh, in was, the real, in the real yeah, timeline. Yeah, this is real. Wait, wait, what's real history? So, so yeah. basically, real his. If I have I'm it right, sure. is yeah. J- JFK beats uh, Nixon in an election. Right. Then uh, n- um, Nixon ends up beating Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, in an election. Right, uh, like to succeed the next presidency after. So JFK is assassinated. Then oh. Johnson becomes president. Then I think Nixon is right after Johnson. Um, That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, wow. I feel so dumb. Hey, so if everyone feels like better, I knew about one thing in history, but not the <laughs> thing that I should know, which is how our American presidents came. <laughs> oh, like, my God. This I'm is like, so when amazing. When was Watergate? I don't know. Before JFK, after just, JFK. Well, yeah, and I'm just picturing, um, and I'm just picturing Dakota not- being like, but what about Watergate? <laughs> like that's like ten years in the future. <laughs> Dakota's from Sometimes. the year nineteen hundred. There's no reason she should know she all this. Know. No, no. Yeah. Do you have a point in history contemporary? Okay. <laughs> Look, no, the, I got the none game, of that. I don't care. The game makes yeah, the point over and over. <laughs> you don't need to be an expert on every single aspect of history. Just on the little parts that your adventure deals with. So we don't all need right. to worry about. Um, well, I mean we. Maybe, maybe I, I'm glad that we we sorted that out. But now we can decide where are we going to go. What are we going <laughs> to do? Like now, do something. <laughs> I want to go to Washington D.C. In is the election what sixty six? Um, Fifty nineteen sixty sixty sixty. All right, so he's been president for two years. All right, let's go. Let's, let's go, go check to out that election day, November whatever, nineteen sixty. How about how about? How about um, so how weird about this? Cool. Since uh, since uh, our friend Imogene Dupree suggested Washington D.C., the second presidential debate was held at WRC WRC TV Washington D.C. on October seventh, nineteen sixty. Okay, I like it. Oh well, yeah. I guess Election Day might be too late, right? If they were already doing it ahead of time. So. Well, you can go to Election Day. Would you like to go to Election Day, November third, nineteen sixty? No, I want to go to that debate. Yeah, okay. that's debate. Fun. Let's go so, to the debate. Uh, you go to the debate, and you um you go to WRC TV studio, which is swarming with security. Obviously, there are Secret Service men all over the place, um, just protecting the presidential candidates. And um, you see a lot of. Uh, I'm going to say you clock in. Let's say. Uh, inside the studio, because why not? You can clock in anywhere you want. So you uh, zap in inside the studio, and so far your impersonator mesh is keeping you unobtrusive, back behind some Klieg lights and some We look like, uh, like NBC pages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And there are flats that are kind of like used in TV production, that, and you're kind of back behind those flats, and you can hear two voices um you know, furiously debating the issues of 1960, and one belongs to Richard Nixon. And then, well, now I I have to disagree with you. There, you hear the Texas drawl of Lyndon B. Johnson. What debating him? Yes, what's he doing here? What in the blue fuck is going on? Hold on a second. 
Oh, I need don't a time travel test from everybody. Yeah, don't we need to be rolling? Oh, yep. I, I purposely wasn't going to bring it up because I'm that kind of player. <laughs> <laughs> we okay. also skipped the last one. Does that matter? The two-week um, jump? Or are you giving, it, giving that freebie? No! Oh, I want two. Why, Joe? I'm so oh, weak on my Joe! critical stability. I'm just uh, representing the audience who's in chat right now being like, you cheaters, you filthy oh, cheaters. Why did you skip the travel test? What have you done to our children? I like to cheat. Oh, okay, two. I like oh. to cheat. Well, I failed both of them, so thanks a lot, Joe. Lose four more, <laughs> lose four more chronal stability. Um, God damn it. Okay. How did I you do, Dakota? My first one's a two, so when we went to the future, uh, it wasn't great. But when we went back to the past, I rolled a six. Lose two more chronal stability, Dakota Blaze. Oh, uh, I'm feeling so sick to my stomach. Oh, so now no. here you are at the presidential debate, and... Uh, your travel has taught you that the presidential election in 1960 was between Lyndon Johnson and Richard Milhouse Nixon. Now, in Where original history, you know from your contemporary history skill, Richard Milhouse Nixon was in the 1960 presidential election, but he was debating Kennedy. Kennedy is yeah. nowhere to be found. We're going to take an ad break, and when we come back, we're going to find out, where's John F. Kennedy? He's lost. Where's JFK? Where has he gone? We've misplaced JFK. We'll find out where he is when we come back here at Game Garage on the Glass Cannon Network. Welcome back. JFK is missing from history, and our three intrepid Time Watch agents are scouring the time stream to find him. Right now, they are at WRC-TV in Washington, D.C. during the second uh, 1960 presidential debate. And uh, you all are watching from the sidelines where you clocked into. And you can see that uh, traditionally Nixon made a very poor showing in the televised debates because he's Nixon and he, he's all jowls and he sweat a lot. And uh, uh, Kennedy in the true history looked much more handsome and confident. But in this debate, you're seeing that Lyndon B. Johnson looks even worse than Nixon. Uh, he's just beady eyed and sweating and uh, mopping his brow in Texas style. And you can tell uh, Nixon is scoring points on him. And it's likely that he will be winning this debate. And you know that he wins the presidency. So the question is, where is John F. Kennedy what are our agents going to do to try to find him? Well, I'm going to pull out my uh, my tether and type in John F. Kennedy birth date and just see if, I guess it's not necessarily like Google. It's going to give me all kinds of information. I want to see if I can find a birth record of John F. Kennedy from this timeline, I guess. Well, so, yeah, that's a yeah. great question. Your tether tells you what happened in true history. Right. right. So in order to find out what happened in this timeline, you'd have to go look around. You'd have to yeah. go and search birth records in the world somehow. Right. Um, Your tether does tell you a lot about John F. Kennedy, that he was born to yeah. Joe Kennedy, a businessman, uh, and that he was born in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, that he attended Harvard University after attending private schools, that he eventually uh, joined uh, the armed forces and became a war hero before running for office uh, after returning from his experiences in World War II. War hero. Did he 
Did he, maybe, was he taken out during war in this timeline? Mm. Um, Interesting. He died in well, World War II. Well, uh, well instead of uh, speculating, let's get to uh, some records. The library, maybe. Or just the uh, public uh, birth records. Um, we are we are in a TV studio. Can we go to like some sort of I don't know? Do they have like a records or like a microfiche Ooh. or? Um, it's uh, it's nineteen sixty. Um, they they certainly have um, they have a library of things that they've filmed and shown on the news here at this station. You know, they don't really have records about births and deaths and things like that. Okay. Um, in order to find John F. Kennedy, you may have to travel somewhere uh, and, and go look for him. Um, yeah, I think that... Let's go to Boston. Boston? To his childhood? What? Or to, no, like, no, let's Harvard? Just, let's just... Cambridge? Travel in real time. You guys are taking some serious reality hits here. Oh, you're so, so right. So I'm let's saying just, let's, let's just let's travel walk. in real time to Boston. Yeah. And... Well, we could check records there. Also, if I'm not mistaken from from history, uh, Joe Kennedy is a very prominent businessman. Right. He's like he would be in the news most likely anyway. Right. But it might be a little bit more local. Uh, you might get more in New England to see if he ever even had a son named John, um, yeah. who tragically died in the war or who was never even born. So let's uh, yeah, let's go to Boston. I realize that Dakota has zero in research anyway, so she really is on her tether being like, well, I don't understand. It says JFK Dakota, should be here. I yeah. Don't, I don't know how many times I have to tell you. The tether is only yeah. one form of history. The real timeline. Right. Yeah. You've, All right. We've had this conversation so many times. Oh, right. This isn't necessarily indicative of the timeline we are currently in. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Because Got of the it. bug people. And right. now the Greyhound bus from D.C. to Boston is uh, accepting its yes. passengers. Oh, my and gosh. I could see all, like, the horned rim glasses and, like, the, the ladies on the bus. Yeah. And, the, and your impersonator mesh has Captain Pate in sort of one of those, like, Gilligan's Island hats, you know? Yes. Like, a bucket yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Amazing. Um, oh, God, I love it. Uh, so, uh, no, is you, there like 1960s Western wear? Oh yeah, there <laughs> yes. absolutely is. Oh my is god! Right? Westerns were Western films were at their height, and so there was definitely a Western type of clothing that was available. So, yeah. uh, Dakota, straight you're, up, yeah, you're like fringe, yeah. leather and fringe. It's got uh, for real. It's got like a so yeah, it's a button up like this, and it's got. Um, like a little like flower pattern right here and then kind uh-huh. of the like stitching that comes down around where the buttons are. Totally. And like cuffs and yeah, there's a little bit of just like fringe. It's almost like a less flashy version of what I wore when I used to perform actually. Yes, yeah, and just a little, just some subtle fringe along the, mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm like, man. <laughs> and I'm cold. in a mini skirt. It's mm, cold yeah. when you get to Boston on October uh, 8th. It's cold when you get to Boston. Um, but uh, and, and it's it's not quite flurries of snow yet, but you can tell that it's it's threatening. Uh, and you may uh, walk into the city and do some research. So um, you exit the bus station and uh, tell me what skills you're using to find out what happened to JFK. Uh, I will use research. Um, Great. And I'll spend a point. I'll spend a point here to try to figure out everything I can about the Kennedy family right now. Like, the, okay. you know, in this timeline, what's going on with the Kennedys 
and you know John being a part of that, obviously. But see if it gets me more information on a grander scale. So by going to uh, sort of the Hall of Records here in Boston, um, you find a business license for uh, John F. Kennedy for a barber shop in Southie. What? Uh, John F. Kennedy apparently is the proprietor owner of a barber shop uh, in a sort of uh, low rent section of the city. And because you spent your point, I will also tell you that you find a death record for John F. Kennedy's father, Joe Kennedy. He committed suicide in 1930. What? What? Why the... Oh, the tangled web we weave. What? Okay. So, I mean, uh, oh I think something's wrong with Joe's death. That's not... I don't think that's how it happened, but... I feel like we should talk to John just to make sure we can get everything we know from him and make sure that we don't jump to a time that wouldn't be the exact perfect place to interfere. I think one of us might need a haircut. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. Let's go. Does Uh, Captain Pate have a full head of hair? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's bushy, (laughs) like, head of hair. It's just a mess. Just a mess. A mop. Uh, I could get this cleaned up, I guess. Um, and we'll go. Very good. You can actually walk. Uh, you can walk uh, across Boston to uh, the kind of uh, more rundown neighborhood of Boston where Kennedy's Barbershop sits on a corner. Mm-hmm. It has, you know, the, the swirling little pole, uh, and it says uh, John's Barbershop. And uh, as <laughs> you walk see. in, you see him finishing off on a guy that... Uh, finishing up a cut on a guy who just has like a horseshoe of hair around his bald head and he turns around and there before you is John F. Kennedy. He goes, well, hi there. Welcome in. (laughs) Well, hi there. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, ladies, uh, we generally only do uh, men's haircuts, but uh, well, I'm not going to say no to two beautiful women who want to come into my barbershop. Um, and I'm going to lay on the charm. I'm not going to spend a point just yet in case I need it. But I'm going to say, oh, I'm not here for a haircut. I'm just here for the view. <laughs> oh, uh, well, uh, let me show you the whole shop. And you can tell that um, this is definitely John F. Kennedy because uh, he has a weakness for the ladies. And he's <laughs> like, uh, so uh, here's where I and he's like showing you, uh, you know, a oh, lot great. of. You know, even ladies sometimes like to use some of this pomade cream. Uh, I, I don't know. Or maybe for a fancy party, you want to fix your hair in a certain way. Oh, sure. Dad, look, Dad. Um, maybe uh, you could use some of these products. This is my father. Ah, <laughs> I- what a lucky man who has uh, two daughters who would uh, help him uh, <clears throat> look uh, spiffy. Uh, they're, they're trying to get me to enter the modern world. Uh, Mr. Uh, Kennedy, is it? That's right. John Kennedy, have a seat. I actually have some time right now to spruce you up. Well, before I sit, I'd like to know a a little more about a man who's going to cut my hair. How long have you been doing this, Mr. Kennedy? Oh, Don't mind him. He's just like this. He just, you know, uh, he he has high standards for how he's going to look. That's right. Your experience, sir. How long have you been cutting hair? I have been uh, cutting hair for about (laughs) ten years. You might say it is my calling. I was born to cut hair and nothing else. It's uh, not, oh. a, not a family business. Uh, this is something you started on your own. 
That's right. I uh, started the uh, barbershop on my own. I've always took taken great pride in my uh, appearance. And uh, your education? Education? You need to know yeah, my you... education before I cut your hair? That's right. Where'd you go to school? Out with I the went man. to a local high school here in uh, Boston. All right. So now I will actually spend a point of charm. Because uh, yeah. I want to try and have this. This could this could be a tricky thing that I'm trying to like say, and I don't want him to take offense. So I want to spend a point of my charm to go. Well, uh, I mean, there's an awful. Uh, it's awful nice to see a man who pulls himself up by his own bootstraps. You know, gets his own money to start his own barbershop and not, um, you know, uses any kind of family wealth, a, a trust fund or something to to open it up. I'm. So good on you for that. That's uh, right. I am an example of the uh, American dream come true. I was born with nothing. My father never had a lot of money. Didn't have enough money to send me to college. But look at me now. The greatest success of anybody in my neighborhood. Oh. Good well, for you. You're so lucky um, to... To, to be so uh, independent, me, I rely on my father for everything. Do you still have a good relationship with your father? <laughs> and, and he's sitting down now. Uh, so if you, you, know, you want to begin the haircut while talking to him. You her. folks sure do ask a lot of questions, but I understand you're from overseas, so I'll, uh, I'll make an exception. Yeah, uh, my father and I, uh, uh, we were very close, but unfortunately he uh, passed. Oh my! I'm I'm so sorry, and I'm gonna I'm gonna gently place my arm on on his his shoulder, but just for a second, just for a second. He's gonna tell you everything, but you know what? He's looking he's looking right at Dakota. Uh, Actually, Dakota's too young. That's awful. Uh, Dakota, (laughs) we're gonna go back in time to make Jared unsay that thing he just said. Yeah, you've (laughs) you've charmed you've charmed him, Dakota. You spent a point, so he's gonna tell you. Everything, right? So um, he basically says that his father, uh, his father never had a lot of money and lost huh. what he did have in the stock market crash of 1929, and then uh, he finally admits that he committed suicide in 1930. Well, so that was a tough time. So do you think maybe if your father didn't make that risky bet or bet on something else in the stock market, he he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have done what he did. I, uh, I think that my father had great aspirations for what he would become as a man, but he never got the opportunity to build the capital that he needed. He never became rich, which was his greatest dream. Mm. Mm. That's a lot of people's greatest dream. I understand. I've learned to be happy with uh, what I have. A great barbershop and great clients. Uh, I think I just got something. What'd you get? On Wikipedia. Let's roll. On your tether, Joe. On your tether. I know, I know, but I'm just lifting the veil for people for a second. Because I don't know this shit. This is some deep shit. I mean, this is Wikipedia stuff, but let's see. Supposedly, he said... Joe Kennedy said he knew it was time to get out of the market in 1929 when he received stock tips from a shoe shine boy. 
This is like the legends. I don't know. Oh, boy. One of us can be a Shushan boy. Uh, Kennedy survived the crash because he possessed a passion for facts, a complete lack of sentiment, and a marvelous sense of timing. It's it's something he said or or somebody said. It's a quote. A marvelous sense of timing. Well, Johnny, it's been lovely talking to you, and I'm so glad you're happy now in where you are, but... um, I'm afraid the rest of the world isn't quite happy with where you with where you ended up. We'll see you soon, Johnny. What does that mean? You you don't want to cut? I you could have been a lot more, Mr. Kennedy, but I only get my hair cut by presidents. Thank you. <laughs> I go, hey, uh, just enjoy your life while you got it. <laughs> we'll saunter we'll saunter out to this weird discuss. family of all yeah, three different I'll, uh, accents. <laughs> I'll knock all of his like barbicide and stuff off the off the counter, all of his combs before, as I leave. It's like what? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, Get I'm out not- of here! <laughs> what are you, you doing? You commie pukes! <laughs> Get out of my shop! <laughs> <laughs> you British turd! <laughs> You're gonna uh, pay for that? I, I'm not really doing it. Right, let's let's um. I don't know. I think that, uh, yeah, so this is a Joe Kennedy thing. And Dakota, it, you had a really good idea. I think one of us has got to be that shoeshine boy. we got to be the shoeshine boy. One of us has got to be a shoeshine boy. And now I know that you are the man here, Captain Pate, but I don't know if we can make you look like a boy or not. Uh, like a young boy is what I mean. You're old. Look, I'm sorry. There's no, okay? need, there's no reason it needs to be a boy. Could be a... Shoe shine anybody to someone that tells him to get out that he could trust. And no, I am in no position. As you know, as you well know, both of you, I'm terrible at acting like anyone else other than myself. (laughs) Okay, well, if you guys have short memories, I was just a Russian man, very convincingly, for a very important time. So I think I can handle a little shoe shine boy. I think this is a job for Imogene. Now, I do have a bit of a, a quandary, though. I know we need to save the whole world in the timeline, but I just feel bad. We're sending JFK, John F. Kennedy to... Even I know what ends up happening to him. I feel like we're taking him from a place where he's happy and sending him to his death. That's correct. He is happy there, isn't he? His simple life. It's... Can we save the world but leave John right where he is, just being a simple barber man? Damn it. You must be losing your chronal stability again. No. I do feel awfully sick to my stomach. You don't have the room to make these ethical choices. Our job is to keep the timeline as it is. It's our only job. You're right. I, I I'm sure. It. I'm sure there's plenty of people who would be thoroughly uninterested in us changing history so Joe Kennedy got more money. But that's yeah. the way it is. And Dakota, um, if yeah. you ever have doubts again... Just remember that some of us will always do our job, no matter what. You don't want to become the mission, do you, Dakota? Well, no, that's not what I meant. I just, I just, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll never, I'll never um, have these thoughts again. I'm glad, glad we had this talk, Dakota. Just remember that. Keep it in the back of your mind. Um, no, I, I did actually. Sometimes. <laughs> It got a little over the top there at the end, but what I was doing was actually <laughs> mechanical, and I want to use my reality anchor uh, on 
uh, Dakota to give you back two points of chronal stability. <gasps> okay. Nice. So That's you really get two points job. of chronal stability, and I lose one point of reality anchor. Ooh. That's so cool. Does that work? Yeah, it's it's something that like I'm gonna have to do for both of you guys. It's sort of like my thing, like you know, where Imogene does disguises and you shoot things incredibly accurately. Like I am supposed to help us maintain our stability throughout the time traveling. That's, That's what great. he's good at. Yeah, you're both right. Thank you for talking some sense into me. I just lost sight of it for a minute. I think just had a, a couple bad trips, honestly, and I really appreciate both of you. Right. I'm just learning, you know. No problem, Dakota. We're always here to watch out for you. Now, let's get that bug in Joe Kennedy's ear before the crash. October 28th, 1929. Yes. Uh, Very good. That's Um, crazy. So Boston South Station is uh, busy with uh, men moving back and forth in the the apparel of the 1920s. There are people wearing derby hats uh, still at this period. Amazing. It feels so good. <laughs> oh, you're back. You're back in the era of the flapper. Um, and uh, as you uh, are preparing, you, you first of all, you make a travel test and uh, you feel the bubble of time spread around you. You watch as the years fly by you, uh, reflected in strange spherical sort of uh, uh, images, phantoms that fly past you. You feel like you're falling. Uh, but never quite landing until the very end when you snap into Boston South Station. And now men in derbies are moving past you. There's the smell of exhaust. Uh, you see Model T cars outside. Tick, 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 tick. And steam coming off of the rail platform. Uh, and um, you, uh, you're in the middle of... Uh, well, you're actually, you're off from the main crowd just a little bit in a coat check area. Um, and you can um, enter and uh, intercept Joe Kennedy at your leisure. We have to roll, Jared. Stop oh, making yes. me do this. Rolled. No, I'm sorry. I, I rolled a six. Six oh, oh, success. Sorry. I'm buoyed by the pep talk. The, the reality pep anchor. talk I received. Yeah. Six. Oh, okay, another six. Uh, Let's go. One for me. Okay, My you turn. Lose. Oh. Two chronal stability because you're out of your free tests, right? That's so right. you're grounded booster. Okay, great. So um, here you are, and uh, as I set the scene, you may um, go ahead and intercept Joe Kennedy if you'd like. Uh, can, can we also? So there's a time. Okay, I want to retcon something. There's a time we traveled to Boston and all that. Like during that time, could we uh, have Dakota patch me up? Like, could I Actually, get a couple points of health oh, back? I think 24 hours of rest is is in order, right? Oh, okay. So oh, that 24 makes sense. hours of rest means... It means a couple things. We it have means a long you, Greyhound bus ride, you know? It means that you have refreshed your athletics, scuffling, shooting, and vehicles. Ooh. But nothing uh, else. Uh, okay, so re- scuffling re- totally refreshed the pool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Okay. Athletics, uh, one more time. Athletics, scuffling, scuffling vehicles. shooting, and vehicles. But not tinkering. Not tinkering. Interesting, and not disguise, which is also interesting. No. Okay. That makes sense, though. That makes sense. And you got um, two health back in that time. Okay. So I get but two no. health back without even uh, needing Dakota to roll medic. That's but correct. No and then Dakota right? could all, uh, Chrono stability does not come back. You have to... Okay. Yeah. 
Um, and Dakota, you um, you could still roll medic uh, and uh, and give him two points back if you'd like. Yeah, I would definitely do that. In that time, I think it would make sense to do some patching up. Yeah. Roll the four. Doing stitches. Success. Go ahead and give yourself two more points in addition to that. Awesome. So now I'm back. Back to full health. I feel better. Uh, All right. right, Great. Let's um, let's go. Let's put Imogene in in place. And we're just sort of, I guess we're bystanders on this, right? We're just watching? Yeah, sure. And uh, Joe Kennedy is walking through the train station and walking toward the shoeshine uh, uh, shoeshine, uh, setup. Uh, and there are shoeshine, there is a shoeshine there waiting to uh, take his business. But perhaps uh, Imogene Dupree is stepping in. Yeah, I'm going to tap the little boy on his shoulder and say, uh, uh, Gee, I heard they were giving out, uh, you know, free movie tickets over on, uh, you know, Fifth and Main. If you want to go check it out. Um, what are you using? I'll use, I'll use... Charm. Charm? Uh, I Don't bother spending it. You don't have to spend any points. You just automatically, he goes, uh, free movie tickets for the Nickelodeon? I'm off. Yeah. And then he uh, <laughs> runs off uh, and uh, allows you to take his place. And uh, Imogene, you are in a just absolutely darling shoeshine outfit with one of those uh-huh. caps, you know, uh, news, floppy news caps. Newsboy cap, yeah. Yeah, newsboy cap. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and knickers. You're wearing knickerbockers. Uh, sure. Yeah. And got so, a little tweed vest. Uh, Joe Kennedy uh, walks up and is like, can I get a shine? Oh, sure, mister. Sit on down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Putting Mary Lou in the disguise was perfect on our part. This was well done on us, Paula. <laughs> yeah. We'll take the credit for this amazing scene that's about to happen. <laughs> So I'm shining up these shoes. Uh, so what do you need to look spiffy for, sir? What do you do? Uh, I'm a businessman. Oh, do you do those uh, fancy stocks and stuff? I don't know how it works, but I sure think it's neat. Stocks? No, uh, I'm not in uh, stocks. You're not in stocks? You don't have stocks? No, I uh, don't have that kind of money. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. oh no! You're not uh, even gonna get a tip for this shine. I'm well, okay. Um, well, <laughs> it was my understanding that I was gonna convince you to get out of the stock market, um, but you don't have anything in the stock market. Why are you asking me these questions? Don't worry about it. Um, okay. Uh, Here, wh- that'll do. And he tosses you a couple pennies. And hops off of the uh, shoeshine platform. Thanks, mister. Guys, we have an issue. Well, okay, I'm going to shout after him. Well, even if you did have any money, take it out of the stock market. Okay, bye. Ugh, jeez. What? What happened? He's he, not- said, he said he didn't have any money in it. He didn't have any money in the stock market. I, 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 my tip was supposed to tell him to take his money out, but he didn't well, have any. Actually, in it. according to legend, the stock, the shoeshine boy gave him a tip, and that's what made Joe Kennedy go, "Oh, if the shoeshine boy has tips, I should get out." Ah, uh, 
But that's not that's not really the issue. You've you've determined the issue, which is that he, never he says he's not in it. Yeah, he's not in it at all. Oh. Yeah, he's okay. not in the stock market. He doesn't have the capital. Something happened. How dry I am. How dry I am. Ah! This guy walks by drinking a bottle of uh, something uh, wrapped in a brown paper bag and stumbles past you here in the train station. Nobody knows how dry I am. It's the middle of prohibition, right? Um, oh, maybe it should there- be. It Wait. should be prohibition. So why is he drinking? Wait a minute. What? Is- what the hell? What, what is, is going on? Okay, I'm gonna All stop right. the drunk man and I'm gonna say, "Where did you get that bottle?" Nice. Uh, at uh, Calhoun's on the corner. Calhoun's on the corner. Not a bathtub in your backyard. Got it. And I talk- <laughs> send him on his way. All right, this goes way deeper than we thought. Prohibition never happened. And I bet maybe that's how Joe got his money. Do you think he was... Was he a, was he a, a, a booze smuggler? And booze that's smuggler, how he yeah. made his capital? Now we gotta go all the way back uh, to make sure Prohibition happens? Time, time sure is difficult. <laughs> Man, these bugs really set a deep little trap. Well, I have to wonder, do we keep... I feel like we're just trying to treat all the symptoms and we haven't quite found the actual cause yet, but maybe it's just about going back and going back each time until we find the root of the problem. I guess that's literally our job description here at Time Watch. Alright, well, let's look at the tether. Uh, We can just sit down in this train station here. It's a good enough place to do some research. Can we look at the tether and find out when Prohibition was passed and uh, by whom and how it all happened? Yeah, you're in 1929. It was passed Mm -hmm. 10 years ago in the year 1920 as part of the Volstead Act. Volstead Act. It was uh, championed by uh, initially, early on, by an organization called the Women's Christian Temperance Union, which had a number of different leaders that were very vocal about uh, temperance and uh, getting rid of alcohol in the United States. Man. How to find this. Uh, Okay. But what would that have to do directly with Joe Kenny? Because he, we're saying he made his money running uh, running illegal. Your tether. if If you're on your tether and you're looking things up, it is widely known that Joe Kennedy made his initial fortune as a bootlegger. What? Bootlegger. This is absolutely true. Joe Kennedy, the father of John F. Kennedy, amassed a fortune by bootlegging during Prohibition. Okay. I didn't see that in Wikipedia. All right. So. Must have missed it. All right. Okay. So we need Prohibition to happen. Yeah. Prohibition to happen. These poor bastards. Or Joe never gets his fortune. Well, I guess we gotta figure out why Prohibition didn't happen. Okay, it was passed. Maybe something happened at the moment of them trying to pass it, and it failed. So maybe we need to go to the day that the Volstead Act was passed. Yeah, wasn't that in some, like... Wasn't that some, like, event? There was some... ah, I feel like that happened on some, like, weekend. Some... I don't know. My uh, AP US history is coming back to me. <laughs> well, would you like to just tell me what a skill you're using and I can give you clues? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, right. 
I, yeah, I mean, you don't have to actually know. Yeah, I'm sitting yeah. here like reading Wikipedia, and it's just, <laughs> like, just, just use you your skills. All trying to, the players scenario. are trying to know when their characters could know just by using skills. I have, I'm using uh, research. I'm going to use have, research. And I have history contemporary. I mean, it's government history, so it seems should be between those two things, we should be able to get a clue. Yeah. Okay. So, um, who's using research? Is that um, Imogene? That's me. Imogene, your research uh, involves going over to Calhoun's, uh, and uh, all over, you notice something interesting. All over the bar, there are liquors and bottles that bear the image of an old woman holding an axe, or the image of an axe, and they have names like uh, Mother Carrie's Secret Recipe Whiskey, or Carrie Nation's Own Brew, or, uh, you know, Nation's Best dry gin. It appears that there's some sort of persona, some woman that has inspired a lot of different alcohols to be made with her image on it. The temper- um, well, the temperance movement, there was a there was a prominent prohibitionist, like anti-alcohol and like pro-women's voting. She had an axe and she chopped down a bunch of bars like uh, she like attacked them. But I thought yes. she was anti-alcohol. No, wait a minute. Right, maybe so maybe in bug. this timeline, timeline, this timeline, she's and pro. Instead, instead of chopping down the bars, maybe she chopped down the other temperance people. I guess she's her name was Carrie. Style, you know? Okay, I'm gonna find her. Carrie. What's a, what's amazing. a Carrie Nations? Carrie Nations. Carrie. I don't so know. So, are we, and, uh, are we with uh, you? you, you, wait, you Christian Women's Christian Temperance. What was that? Women's Christian. The Women's Christian Temperance Union. And are we? Let's not forget that our friend Captain Pate was uh, using his history contemporary. Mm-hmm. And once you have talked to Captain your friend Pate. Imogene Dupree, you know from your tether that Carrie Nation was one of the most outspoken proponents of temperance, who fought for an end to alcohol. In the United States, from the 19th century into the 20th century, and yet for some reason, her face and name now garnish bottles of liquor all over this bar, Calhoun's, across from South Station in Boston. Maybe she was replaced by a bug. I think we need to go find her. <laughs> I know. Every time we turn, it's like Joe Kennedy's a bug. John Kennedy's a bug. I'm convinced like, they're all bugs. Your okay? tether tells all... you. Your tether tells you, um, Captain Pate, that Carrie Nation's first husband died of alcoholism two years after they were married, and that she subsequently married the uh, she married the preacher uh, whose name was David Nation. And uh, in 1900, while she was the uh, proprietor of a boarding house. She had a vision from God telling her to go into the bars of Kiowa, Kansas, destroy them, and God would stand by her. All right. It's time to go give somebody a vision, I think. Yes. Or to force a husband to drink. (laughs) Or to to get a dude hooked on bourbon. Uh, All right. Let's let's go. It's for the good of the timeline. So So you tell me where you want to go. I her, husband, go t- her husband died in 1869. 
Do we want to make sure he dies of alcoholism? Well, her na- her last name is Carrie Nations, which says to me that she did marry the preacher. That's true. But maybe true. she just never had the vision. Maybe, I think, well, look, we, I don't know what to do, but I, I think my thought is maybe we go give her a vision. Um, maybe that vision well, is I us. Think- maybe it's always been us. Well, I think we could also go back before that, like to to check on the husband dying, because if we go back a little bit before, even if we spend a lot of time working it like a year or two, we could theoretically in that timeline, like working her into a fervor against alcohol, you know, like if this guy never dies or something, I could be overthinking it. But like, what if we go to do this vision, but he never died of alcoholism and she has no she doesn't care about alcohol or she loves alcohol. I guess we could still be an angel that appears to her and says alcohol is evil. That's true. We could just Dakota slowly every day. Point. I mean, uh, Paula makes a good point that her last name is Nation, and she marries him in 1874. Yeah. So why would she marry Nation if she never... Oh, well, maybe well, she Maybe she's using someone to say every day, like, oh, oh right, it's right. too bad about your first husband. I guess it's the alcohol that did him in and plant that idea mm-hmm. in her head, you know, every day, long con style. No, but I, I do, I do appreciate, yeah, I'm, I'm with your first instinct there, Paula, like Mary Lou was saying, I, I, I forgot that it says nation on the bottles. This isn't just the tether saying nation. Like she right. also married the other guy in this timeline, in this yeah. alternate timeline. So but it was the death of her husband that, that caused this passionate activism. Yeah. Right. So I guess do we, we don't go? know. Well, let me, <laughs> when do we want to go? And, you know, uh, Captain Pate is right. You could go back and and spend years kind of uh, prepping and setting yourselves up in the right position. Or you could uh, pinpoint a a time, an event that you think would be the time to go to. Um, It's up to you. Well, okay, hear me out. If we do, if we are her vision from God, even if she's not already worked up in a fervor against alcohol... In that vision, we could say, don't you know your husband died of alcohol? You didn't think about that before? That's what he died from. And now you need, I know you're happily married now, but remember your first, he's burning in hell now because of that. And you got to save him by chopping down some bars. We could say that kind of thing to her, you know? Uh, well, what if, what if he never existed? What if they never got married? Oh, boy. What if time. he never died? You I'm have just, the, I'm traumatized have, from Joe. Well, the, the, only we'll have you have, the only date you have in their tether, uh, you don't have like his exact death date, but you have their wedding date uh, and location. Um, so you could check that out or check out, you know, check out, clock in before it and kind of get to know them. Or you could clock in directly after, you know, and check out what's going on there. Um, you also have, according to your tether, the date that she received the vision, June 5th, 1900, in Medicine Lodge, Kansas. Well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. She didn't just not become an activist for alcohol. She became the face of pro-alcoholism. Of alcohol. So, like, it's hi- to me, it's highly unlikely that he died of alcoholism or she was married to it. Even if she didn't become an activist against it, why would she become an activist for it? Are we yeah. in this bar uh, that, that uh, Imogene did this uh, research in? Or? Yeah, and in fact, a guy walks up and goes, what can I get you? Yeah, uh, I'll get a, a glass of that uh, nation's special whiskey. And a, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm 
It's, it, I just had my birthday. It's my first time drinking. Who is this on the... Tell me about this person on the bottle. You want some of the nation's best? <laughs> Careful, Missy. That's strong stuff. He pours you a, a little shot of whiskey, slides it to you. You don't know about Carrie it. Nation? Yeah, I do. Why, she's the greatest drinker that ever lived. Greatest she, drinker. She, yeah, she she stopped all the temperist, uh, temperance uh, activists, told them to pack up and go home. Why, she, she threatened them with an axe when they would come after her bars. Well, she had bars. Do you know what Why? What? What made her want to open some bars? And cheers, thank you. I'll, I'm sure I can, uh, and I'd slam it down and be like, <clears> hmm. <throat> Not that, not that strong. What action? What uh, <laughs> what what uh, investigative ability are you using here? My streetwise. Streetwise, Ooh, very good. He's like perfect. Yeah, yeah. He says, uh, he says, uh, well, uh, let me see if I remember the story. She, um, she had uh, apparently a vision from God that told her that alcohol was good, that it was God's gift to His people. Uh, I think Benjamin so, Franklin said something like that. She was kind of a holy roller for booze. <laughs> well, that's All right. interesting. Okay, that's I think really we have our answer. But before you go, another one of those whiskeys, please. Uh, oh, he we'll slides make that, one over we'll make that three. <laughs> and you notice that the nation's best is quite good. Nice. Oh, we're going to well take something good away from the world yeah. again. I also like the idea that in Time Watch, drinking on the job is frowned upon, but we're like a crew of three that like we drink on the job, and yeah, we're like, yeah. fuck them. It's yeah. part of the job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and you, sir, you have one You have one with us. We're celebrating uh, my birthday. Uh, it's her I, birthday. I usually don't drink while I'm working. Yeah, neither Black do we. That's strange. <laughs> Bottoms up to carry right. nation. To carry nation and the change she can make on this world. And scene because yeah. Paul Order. was right. Paul Straight was right. to the vision. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's kill that bug that did that vision. Out of vision of God. <laughs> All right. Um, where do you kind of want to clock into? Do you want to clock into her house? Do you want? According to uh, your tethers, uh, when you look up this vision, it happened early in the morning on June fifth, nineteen hundred, in Medicine Lodge, Kansas. Do you want to be inside of her house? Do you want to be? Do you want? Do you want? Do you want to clock in that very day and time? When do you? You tell me. What if we clocked in early, like yeah. even weeks early, and like got mm-hmm. somebody got to know her or something, yeah. got to be a friend to her? Would know a, just a the month, right things to say early. in the vision. Yeah, yeah, that that feels right. I don't want to leave this up to chance again. Very good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so we're talking weeks or months early? Months, like, like a like a month. Okay. Okay. Uh, very good. Bye. So. Um, a month early, so we're gonna go. We're gonna clock in on May fifth, nineteen hundred, to Medicine Lodge, Kansas. Yeah, um, we're in my let me have, now. I haven't forgotten this time. Let me have a travel test from everybody. That's and, right. Uh, we're smack in the middle of your lifetime, like your actual yep. lifetime. You leave Calhoun's Bar and you go down an alleyway. You activate your autocron. The golden champagne bubble, as Imogene described it, forms around you, and you feel like you're falling through history. Dakota Blaze. 
uh, successful in her <laughs> travel test. But uh, home sweet home. Captain Pate has failed his another and loses one. Two more chrono stability. Two How ones are you in doing a row. on chrono stability, Captain Pate? You're down uh, to six. Uh, wait, no, you're down to. I'm at eight. You're okay. at eight. Okay, not that Imogene. bad. Imogene <laughs> is down to I'm four worried. chrono stability. Uh, not, and not doing too hot. How Captain. you feeling, Imogene? Well, I feel like I had a bad oyster. <laughs> you look a little green around the gills. Yeah, I'm not not feeling too stable, as it were. Uh, but uh, I'm going to be strong. Don't worry. I won't get in the way of our mission ever. So you are here in Medicine Lodge, Kansas, which uh, even though it is the year 1900, the feeling of the old West pervades this community. Um, there aren't, uh, even though cars exist, you see very few. Um, you see that it's a dirt, dirt road through the town and that there are many carriages and horses leading people around. Uh, and everything is a clapboard type building. Uh, it looks a little bit like an old West town here I'm in, in Medicine Lodge. Heaven. Amazing. Yes. I mean, we don't ever, this is, I'm so glad we came here. <laughs> And, and uh, Imogene is a little like it's very dusty, <laughs> very quaint. <laughs> I'm a bit of a city girl myself. <laughs> the uh, the the locals can point you toward uh, the preacher's uh, household, uh, David Nation's household, um, uh, easily enough. You've arrived a month early. I would like for everybody to tell me what they're doing. Uh, with that month, to tell me the the main thing that you the goal objective you're trying to achieve in that month, um, and um, maybe it's all the same thing, or maybe each of you is doing a different thing. And uh, since she's very much in her element, let's start with Dakota Blaze. Yeah, uh, I think I'm gonna maybe uh, try and kind of like uh, be a offer myself out as a. a help out people with like their horses and stuff. I've just rolled up into town. I'm just passing through, but I'm here for a little while. I'm going to help, you know, I'm real good with horses. If anyone needs anything, I'll take care of them and I'll use that to uh, see what kind of information about Carry Nations I can gather from the townspeople. Great. What, uh, what investigative ability do you think you're using? Uh, I, I actually think... I think this is a streetwise again because I want to yeah, like fine. put myself in with the locals here, and I'll spend a point on this ah. um, to just make sure I can like get the most helpful information possible in terms of what might be the best way to affect Carrie Nations, and also what a good in with her might be. Um, so. You yeah. uh you uh you learn a clue about Carry Nation, but then your point spend means that you um you now you've you've become such a friend to people in this community that they will do favors for you. They will provide you with equipment or uh, even show up as like kind of a tiny crew to back you up in a certain ex- you know because you've become yeah. uh, a known ranch hand around uh, Medicine right. Lodge, Kansas. And the clue I'm going to give you is that. Carrie Nation's daughter, Carrie Nation's daughter, Charlene, um, has has an affliction. She has an affliction of the mind, but she 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 takes care of it every day with one glass of wine. Hmm. Interesting. And you see, in fact, Mother Nation 
coming to town with her daughter Charlene, and they visit the local saloon, and they pick up a couple bottles to go home uh, about once a week. And you see them uh, you know, once a week do that. Um, and uh, so now I will turn to, let's say, oh, yes, did you have a question is, or something? Yeah, is this, did the townspeople know, is this her daughter from her first marriage or her second marriage? This is a daughter from, I hope I'm being historically accurate, from her second marriage. Okay. Um, and so, uh, let me ask Imogene Dupree, what are you doing with your month here in Medicine Lodge, Kansas? Well, uh, I'm going to go straight to the source. I'm going to use my charm to uh, get in uh, to the saloon and be a saloon girl. Oh, very good. Excellent. Um, and uh, you're just kind of doing it to get a clue. Is that correct? Uh, to get a clue, and I just want I want to be there, uh, ingratiate myself now. Now that I know that Carrie Nation and Charlene Nation go there every week, um, I think I'd like to, you know, get to know them. What kind of wine they drink? And, Very good. Yeah. So investigate uh, the, that a little more. Here's your clue: the preacher David Nation comes in a couple times a week. Uh, and uh, he takes uh, he takes a, a drink of whiskey whiskey on the rocks and he uh, sucks it down uh, and then he says, "Well, that'll do it for me. One's enough, and you never want to go overboard." And then he heads uh, back out of the saloon. Um, so every time you see him, he drinks extremely responsibly. Mm. He comes in the next week and he's like, "Just one, and not a drop more." And they pour mm. it for him. And he takes it and he goes, ah, that's the good stuff I like. Uh, but now I'm done. And back to my wife and daughter. And he heads out again. Well, I have a, I have a seed of a plan fomenting. But ah. I don't, I don't want to initiate without uh, considering my teammates' opinions. I, I, have an, I have a thought as well. And I wonder if our thoughts are somewhat similar. But, uh, well, yeah, we'll... Captain Pate, you're in the hotel with you're in the hotel with Dakota and Imogene. Would you like to hear their plan, or would you like to go ahead and tell me what you do with your with your month? Yeah, I'll say with his month, he I think in this room he's really relying on the two of them to kind of handle this this part of the job. Uh, he doesn't really want to interact with anyone of substance to the mission right now, currently, because he's just not very good at it. He doesn't want to blow anything up, so he's trusting uh, you guys to handle this. And what I would like to spend my month doing is maybe posing as a British, uh, like, a journalist who's coming to the American West to, like, write about it, right? For, like, uh, for, um, uh, for British readers or whatever. And it's really just a thinly veiled, um, uh, what he wants to do is dig into any and all of the local sort of libraries and records and stuff that he can find during this time. And he just wants to totally focus his research not on uh, carry nations, but on if anything else is funky in the timeline right now, or if it seems like everything mm. is right until now, and something now is what's off. Because he wants to be prepared if we need to jump back again. All we've been doing is jumping yeah. back, and back, back and back and back and back. We keep finding out something that was wrong before. Now, maybe we'll find that out again because it's specific to this woman, but he wants to see if there's, if the president is correct. If the, uh, if, you know, the, there was, um, if, if Ted, uh, Ted Kennedy, if, uh, Teddy <laughs> Roosevelt is all alive, you know, if like, 
right. you know, all, all those kind of things are falling into place in 1900. If McKinley is president, I think he was president in 1900. Great. Is he using his research skill to do that? Yeah, research. Okay, yeah. So um, you spend a month just making sure that uh, everybody is where they should be in the year 1900. Uh, and uh, so far, so good. William McKinley is president. He hasn't been assassinated hasn't yet, been but that's supposed yet. to happen. He One hasn't year, been shot right? Yet. Or is it in 1900? I think it's in 1901. Maybe? I think it's in 1901. So, um, and uh, everything seems to be cohesive and where it should be up to this point. But of course, you're working with the records in Medicine Lodge, Kansas. You're re- basically reading a lot of old newspapers and things like that uh, to kind of keep sure, track but of he it. Might, but he has time. Like He might travel to like Topeka. Or, right. you know, something a little larger and, like, look into their records. And, and... He does that. And, okay. yes, in every place he goes, he he finds that things seem to be at, on the rails as they okay. should be good. until this time. This is so... Good, good, good. I love this game so much. I'm ah. having a blast. I know. Yes. It's such a mystery. It really is, like... Gosh, this has been such a puzzle. Now, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I think we're doing now it. now he's sitting in this room... <laughs> With you two, uh, and he gets you up to speed that, like, it looks like it's here. Something now could be her divert the entire timeline. What have you found out? Okay, so we know from our experience that both Carrie's daughter and Carrie's husband receive very positive benefits yeah. from a very moderate amount of mm-hmm. alcohol. I don't know if that's what it was like in the real timeline. But she, so far, she doesn't have any predisposition against alcohol. I think we need to sacrifice the husband and the daughter on the alcohol, on the altar of alcoholism to get Carrie Nation to change her tune. I, we are on the same page, Imogene. I was thinking maybe because you work behind the bar maybe sometimes at the saloon, maybe you could do something to the wine we're given to Charlene, make her sick. And then maybe we get uh, 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 Mr. Nations. Uh, David. David, thank you. Uh, David Nations, maybe we get him a little too drunk one day. Maybe we push his limits. Maybe we see what happens. Maybe he doesn't come home one night. He's not maybe being he very responsible. Maybe he doesn't come home several nights. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I hate to do it, but I think it might be what's necessary. We have to do what we have to do. That's right. For the good of the timeline, I put my hand in the middle of the table. <laughs> and it lights up green. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, are we um, doing this? Oh, I love a handshake. Okay, yeah. for, for the timeline. For the good of the timeline. Captain, come on. Captain. Join us. Thank for you. The good of the for the good of the timeline. For the good of the timeline. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's first? Are you going to try to poison Carrie Nation's daughter, yeah. or are you going to try to get David, the preacher, David Nation, drunk? All at once. I want to hit her where it hurts. Yeah. And then hit her when she's down. I wanted yeah. to take care of her sick daughter all night long, and her husband doesn't come home because he's getting drunk at the bar. Which well, I'm going to rule. I'm going to rule that. I'm going to rule it. It's the day. It's taking you this much time to get prepared and uh, settle on this plan. So it is June 4th, 1900. The next morning, Carrie Nation is due to receive her vision. Okay? Uh, And um, on this day, 
the family makes its uh, weekly uh, trip to the, bo- the the bar here in, in town. <laughs> uh, and uh, as they are in the bar, um, David Nation is uh, having his glass of whiskey and Mother Nation and uh, Charlene are buying their wine to take home. And you tell me what you do. So I don't have any points in medical expertise or oh, or survival. So maybe uh, maybe Lil Dakota can tell me what herbs or tinctures or uh, uh, poisons uh, that I can <laughs> slip into this bottle of wine. What I want, yeah, is just something that I think I would know from my medical expertise, and I will spend a point on medical expertise to do yes. this. That I c- that we can get into this bottle of wine that. It's just gonna. Uh, what is that thing that makes you throw up when uh, castor oil? Ipecac. Yeah, or like ipecac. That's what I was thinking of. Put some of that in there so that when she drinks it, she just vomits. I want her to throw up until she until she feels like she's gonna die. Basically. Okay. Very good. And then what is is there a, another part of this plan? We got a. And where is Captain Pate? Okay. Well, I had an idea for you, Captain. Yes. What is it? So, if the girls, we, we're on David, right? And the wine bottle's on Charlene. Captain, you gotta be the voice of God. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can do it. Captain, we believe in you. You, you oh, have I, I, to I be. Couldn't. I, I couldn't. Listen to your of voice. Course. You got it naturally inside of you, Captain. Look at the lines on your face and your bushy white hair. You have gravitas. I cannot you have impersonate. authority. Cannot impersonate something so sacred. I mean, I I also imagine that he's a Catholic. You know what I mean, like <laughs> or or like a um. Well, he'd be. Does, does, does everybody that joins Time England. Watch? Yeah, yeah. Does a uh, Protestant right? So Protestant, does everybody yeah. that joins uh, Time Watch like stop being religious? Do they write that in the book? Do they say anything about that? Um, it doesn't say on any page. Everybody stops being religious. I think that <laughs> you, that would be up to you and your character. Well, I would uh, say spirituality that he is a very personal thing. Yeah, I would say that he doesn't stop being religious, Captain and that K. he, uh, yeah, he struggles with this for a minute. Listen. Um, don't think of it as impersonating God. Think of it as allowing God to speak through you. I mean, how many times have, did people see visions of angels that gave messages that changed the timeline? Captain, today you're just an angel. That's right. <sighs> well, I don't like it, but I understand your point. And as I said to you earlier... Perhaps we have to do what makes us uncomfortable to preserve the timeline. I'll do we it. We also I'll try might anyway. need your, 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 your strength. Uh, if a bug is going to come down and give her a false vision, we might need you there. Uh, and, to take and him out. Tomorrow, I'll also maybe set myself up. This is thinking ahead a little. I'll set myself up with a gun, maybe get ready to like shoot something if it, if it comes and tries to give mm. the false vision. But that's something maybe to think about tomorrow uh, as well. All right. So... I will now narrate. Stop me if, I, if I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to narrate what happens. Using your uh, point spend for medical expertise, you uh, make the essence of Ipecac, you put it into the wine bottle and then reseal it. Carrie Nation and Charlene go home with that bottle of tampered wine. Meanwhile, our friend Imogene Dupree is trying to feed one glass after another to David Nation. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And I'm using Imogene. my charm. I'll spend a point. Spend a point of charm. I'll spend and you're a going, point. 
you're going to learn something very troubling, Imogene. Don't he, tell me that. He, he, he drinks one. He drinks two. He drinks three. He keeps smiling at you. He's a bug. He drinks four. <gasps> he drinks five. And he goes, well, that'll do it for me. I sure do love that great whiskey. Have a nice day, everybody. And then he begins to walk out without at all wavering, oh, without no. at all stumbling. He I begins told to you walk. One of them was a bug. I knew someone would be. <laughs> Stop right there, mister. He stops. You and he's like, can I help you? Don't take another step, pastor. Or should I say, roach? <laughs> Show yourself. <laughs> um, he still looks like uh, you know a man with like graying, uh, windswept hair. Uh, you know the, the 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 apparel of a parson from the turn of the twentieth century. Uh, but he's now chittering at you, and he goes, "Where is Captain Pate?" You don't need to know. You're dealing with me. Um, and uh, he stomps forward, uh, and uh, people in the saloon are kind of like looking, like what the hell is going on? There are yeah, how many people? Four are in people there? in the saloon. It's oh, like the no. middle Wait, of the where, afternoon. Where, where's Lil Dakota? Is she with me? Yeah, she. Yeah. We said that she was in the bar having just tampered with the bottle of wine. Right, right, good. Because I know the townspeople love you, so maybe they'll. Come to oh, our yeah. aid if if oh, yeah. we get into trouble here. Oh, that's such a good idea. Why didn't I think of that? He goes to unbutton his top button and then pulls his skin off. Ah! Ah! And an enormous cockroach lurches forward, and it's like it's like its legs weren't even in his arms. Like it's like like it's like fully a, a giant vermin. Um, and uh, now uh, I'm gonna rule, Captain Pater. Are you there? Or did you already go to the house to get ready? I think he's, uh, yeah, staking out the house to get ready. Yeah, I think you are, too. I don't think he's there. Um, You you are watching in the house as uh, Carrie Nation's like, now drink your wine, dear. You know that it, you know that it keeps the demons away. And Charlene (laughs) says, yes, and pours a big glass of wine and takes a big gulp of it and then just smiles and goes... I feel better now, mother. (gasps) No, they're all bugs! So, uh, Carrie Nation gives her a hug, and uh, you know something is happening at the house. Captain Pate, would you like to do anything after seeing this? Uh, uh, he's trying to think on his feet fast here, which Joe is terrible at. And he's like... They they should be taking care of the father, not thinking the father's a bug. He shouldn't be coming home at all. But he's identified the daughter as a bug. Um. Oh, okay. He's going to. He's gonna. He's gonna go in. He's gonna go in. Okay. Um. Great. Um. He enters the house and immediately the two women come and confront him. And Carrie Nation's like pulls uh pull actually she, this is before she's had her vision so oh my but God. there does happen to be a hatchet hanging on the wall among no their way. other tools and she goes what are you doing entering someone's house without knocking boy she's by the way not a little woman 
toe to toe. And her toe. daughter, her daughter sits there going, "Mama, who is this man?" Stay your hand, faithful servant of Jesus Christ. I come with tidings of terrible news. You have been infested. A demon resides here under your own house, and I've been sent by the Lord himself to save you from this menace! And he turns exaggeratingly and points to the daughter. Um, and is like, goes, reveal yourself, demon! Mama, why is he shouting at me? And Carrie Nation goes, you better have proof that you're from God, or else I'm about to know you're from Satan. Oh, shit. Um, he's just going to say, hmm, uh, did you require proof to believe in Jesus Christ? And I'd like to spend uh, a point of authority to just, like, reverberate over her and just sort of, like, overpower her with his, like, presence, basically. Okay, if you're spending a point, then I'm going to rule that both Carrie and her daughter get down on their knees, uh, and Carrie's like, please, we we don't understand. Please, what are you trying to say to us? Please, show us. I need to make sure a demon has not infested this child. And he is going to just, like, stamp over to the daughter... Fuck. And uh, he's yeah, he's just gonna try to pull the bug out, basically. So How? he's going. What's he using? Oh my gosh! He's using. Uh, he'll use a stun gun on her. Okay, he'll use his pacifist disruptor, but he'll like hide it like under his sleeve, right? So and uh, from the mother, so it looks like even if it works, it'll look like he just like. Made you know as an angel, he touched her and she fell or something. He has zero burglary, right? That would Correct. be how you kind of hide something. Oh, um, Ooh, that's I think, good. That's I think good. that unfortunately she's going to notice, uh, which is a terrible uh, paradox. But that's what mem tags are for. You uh, make your shooting roll, and it, you can go ahead and make it plus two since you are. She's 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 faking. How about? Um, wait, what am I rolling? I was going to say shooting, since you're using a a disruptor beam. Okay. Is this an area where I can bring my flashback in? Yes. Okay. So could I under... So uh, you have preparedness eight, which gives you the booster flashback, which allows you to narrate something that we have not yet uh, generated as true in the fiction. (gasps) Go ahead. Okay. So um, what I want to narrate is like uh, that Dakota helped me with her tinkering to rig my uh, pacifist uh, weapon to be, like, tied to my arm under the coat because we knew there might be a moment where I'd have to, like, stun a, you know, uh, And so now a, a it's worshiper. like you're laying on hands. Exactly, exactly. Like the, the, the spirit of, of God. Yes. If you're using your booster, don't even bother with a shooting roll. The, the, the pacifist goes off just as you say it yes. should. And let's see... How uh, Charlene Nation handles that. Oh, God. Don't resist. Come on. Don't resist. Don't resist, because then we got no answer. Boom! You hit her. Um, she, Carrie Nation goes, No! Charlene hits the ground and then gets back up. But yes! as yes! she is getting back up, she rips, she's yes! ripping open, <laughs> and an enormous insect is 
tearing out of her. Carrie Nation is screaming. This is uh, more than smashing bottles in a bar. She can't handle it. She's like, you know, kind of trying to get out of the way. And now we enter a combat scenario. And even though the combats are happening in two different locations miles away, I think we can go with one initiative order. And I'm going to allow our friend Dakota to be first. Remember, Uh. their first thing you do is say who goes next. Uh, And then uh, the bugs, even though they are miles away from each other, will still go on the same round. Okay? So here we go. Dakota, what do you do? You're in the bar, and David Nation has just revealed himself as a bug. What do you do? Well, I'm hoping if... You can tell me if this is... You'll tell me if I can't do this. Uh, I'm hoping that if what I do is successful, that the townspeople who are in the bar can go next. Oh, excellent. Yes, they can. Would you like to... They will go They will go after you. I would like to call in my favor and go, Everyone, look at this monster. I don't know what's happening, but we gotta do something. Pull out your arms, band together, and let's rid this scourge and maybe all the alcohol from this town. And I'll pull out my uh, my uh, revolver that I keep wanting to call a rifle. I'll pull out my revolver and encourage them to do the same. Uh, to threaten the, the bug. You're going to threaten him or are you going to shoot at him? You can just threaten if you want. No, I'll shoot at him. Okay, yeah, if I can convince them shoot and shoot, I will. Give me yes. a shooting test and tell me how many, how much you're spending on it. I'll spend two. Okay, very good. <sighs> Which I only rolled a two, so that means it's a four. A four, a four yeah. is enough to hit. Now you can do your damage. Uh, damage mod one or stun. So I do uh, just a plus one to this roll. Um, for your six shooter, um, six shooter should do maybe a little more than that, actually. Let's see here. Uh, nope, that's right. A uh, a plus one. That's correct. Five total. Five total damage. Uh, and, And um, it blasts the bug, and you can tell that it's like, it's made a little bit of a singe on its carapace, but it is, it, it, it didn't really take it down a notch. It's like very angry now, chittering madly at you. Uh, double tap. Can I use that? Yes, here? your difficulty yes. goes up by two. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Meaning that you now need to hit like uh, a higher difficulty. But yes, you may. Can I spend again? You certainly my... may. I'll spend two more. Okay. And hope that I roll a little better. No. No. What'd you roll? What'd no. you roll? One. So oh. I think my gun. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to cause myself any trouble here. But uh, maybe Jay, I don't know. Something happened. I, this is not normal for me. I don't miss. Well, that's okay. You 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 did you did a lot. I mean, be be proud. Um. So Dakota's you you mad shot herself. You shot and you hit, and then the second shot goes wide because the thing is fast. It <sighs> skitters quickly and it dodges your bullet. Uh. But now the townsfolk who trust Dakota with their lives, they all pitch in. And let's see how many of them, how many of the four actually have firearms. I mean, they're out in the middle of Kansas. All four of them have firearms. Nice. The bartender, the bartender who you've gotten to know. Yeah. The bartender who you've gotten to know, whose name is Cleavon. Cleavon pulls a rifle down off of the shelf 
And they all start attacking. Here they go. Let's see. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. No. So oh, two and no, nothing. There we go. One of them. Only one of them managed to actually really hurt hurt both of them hit, but only one of them managed to really hurt him. Um, these things are covered in an armor-like carapace, and uh, the shots yeah. are... Oh, and by the way, they declare that the next person to go will be... They declare that it will be... Well, they're going to do something with your best interest at heart, so they're going to declare that the bug goes first. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, the bugs will go next, uh, and then uh, and then the bugs, uh, the bugs on their turn, they declare that Captain Pate will go next. So bugs in both locations will go now, and uh, the one that was just shot by Dakota charges forward, leaps on her, and attacks with its <gasps> pincers. No. Oh, my God. Um, Dakota, your hit threshold is uh, a four because you're you're hard to hit. Mm-hmm. Here it goes. It hits you. <laughs> and it does seven damage <gasps> to you. Oh my. I'm very hurt. Oh. I, Dakota cries out in agony from this A giant hit. cockroach is, is basically sitting on uh, Dakota's chest has her up against the bar and is trying to rip her to shreds. Meanwhile, at the nation household, uh, a giant cockroach attacks Captain Pate. And this cockroach succeeds. No, oh, no, 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 no. And it does four damage. <laughs> Um, and it's smacking at you. It's trying right. to. It's trying to, you know, smack you with its clacking, hideous pincers. And uh, I declared Captain Pate would go next. Correct. So it is your turn, Captain Pate. Okay. Um, and I will declare that Imogene will go after me. Right? Okay. Great. And that's how that works. All right. That's so how it we'll works. Kick it over to Imogene after. Um, oh my God. Okay. Oh, he's gonna step back, trying to. Oh, he, all right. So he gets slashed, and he's. Bleeding, which like an angel shouldn't do, but whatever. Say, um, <laughs> this is so <laughs> such heresy. But he's like, I have become flesh to haunt this creature from this place. <laughs> he turns like for a moment just to 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 uh, give Carrie Nations this 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 whole moment to hope that this that this helps because it's also huge that like she has to get out of here, right? Like it's good to see this, but she has to get out of here. Um, and he just turns to her and he's like, flee! You are now seeing the the clash of angels and demons in the flesh. You cannot be here to witness it. It could kill you. But go forth and speak of what happens when you consume alcohol! (laughs) (laughs) He he, he pulls from his waist something he actually has uh, on him, which is his saber. Like the saber, like his officer's saber, he never let go of, even when he went into Time Watch. So right. he, uh, I'm just, I would call it like uh, by the rules a machete, which is just a, it's a plus one uh, yes. to damage. But it's like a, a classic like officer's saber. Uh, but he ching holds it up, and then he will go to the demon and try to attack. Okay, great. The bug. Um, she, he calls it a demon for her benefit. 
And as Captain Pate rushes forward with his saber and brings <gasps> it down on the cockroach, that is where we will stop for today. Oh, why is it always on my attack? <laughs> we will get the climax of this adventure uh, and then possibly a new adventure in our next episode. So um, thank you to my incredible players, Paula Deming, Mary Lou, and Joe O'Brien. We will conclude this hatchet and axe portion of our adventure very soon. Thanks, Glass Cannon Nation. See you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Good night. Oh, I'm stressed out. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon.